You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. Having a good morning. Thanks, Isaac. Let's give Isaac a hand. <laughs> Love that guy. It's good. It's good to be here on a Sunday. Is there any visitors here this morning? Uh, if you are visiting with us, welcome. We, just, we think that church should be the most welcoming place on uh, planet Earth, that uh, you should be able to come in here with, you know, having done whatever, been through whatever, going through whatever. And just feel at home and welcomed and accepted, greeted with a smile and a hug. Or if you like your personal space, we won't hug you. Um, that's okay. I like my personal space. But um, it's good to be here this morning. It's good the sun's out. It's good. Who's excited the sun's out? Hopefully it stays out. It was really weird getting up this morning and like the sun was out, but everything was drenched. It was like absolutely drenched. Um, but I kind of like it. All the green stuff's greener and it's nicer, hey? Hey, we are... We're about to kick off a brand new series this month. Who's excited about brand new series? I love brand new series. Like when that new Netflix series comes out that you're excited about, you just, you get excited. Stranger Things 3. I don't know if there's, no, no, no one's into that. A couple of people down the front. It's a new show. I'm, I'm excited to watch it. But we're in a new series. And uh, for the last couple of years, you've probably noticed that in July, we coined this month a month of rest. And we've talked about Sabbath and about rest and rest in our life, especially after Vision Month when we've launched these phenomenal initiatives that we believe God has given us to run with and work with and go for. And, uh, and we take a moment to pause and go, you know what, we can't do it in our own strength. We need to rest and we need to trust God and we need to do it in His strength through us rather than just our strength happening and his strength through us produces much more fruit, right? And so typically this is a month of rest and, we're, and we've been talking about the Sabbath, but for this month we've, we've, we're going to focus on an aspect of rest. And that aspect that we're going to explore this month is waiting. It's about waiting on God and waiting with God. And essentially the title of this series for the month is called Recalibrate because God wants to recalibrate us in the wait. God wants to shift some things in our heart, shift some things in our mind if we would wait on Him. And we need God to continually recalibrate our world, shift things in our world, ideas, thoughts that aren't wrong, aren't right, sorry. And we need Him to recalibrate and change us. And so that's why we've called this month Recalibrate. And it's in the, it's in the wait that God recalibrates. It's in the rest that God can change us and shift our heart. And so this morning, uh, the title of my message, if you like taking notes, some people like to, uh, I, I, didn't, I don't have the title on the screen because I was kind of struggling with the title. Um, Pastor Jez is speaking at Northwest this morning and we thought, you know, we're talking about waiting. Maybe we could call it, it's worth the wait. But then I thought, no, that's weird. That sounds like a Christian pre-dating book about marriage and it's worth the wait. And Jason Stevens wrote a book about that. So we decided maybe we shouldn't. I mean, Pastor Jez might have gone ahead and done that. But I wanted to call, title this message this morning, Wrestle with the Wait. This morning, Wrestle with the Wait. So if you're a note person, write that down. And our key scripture for this month is found in Isaiah 
40 from 28 to 31. I think I put a shortened version up here. But in that amplified version, it says, Have you not known, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not faint or grow weary? There is no searching of his understanding. He gives power to the faint and weary. And to him who has no might, he increases strength, causing it to multiply and making it abound. Even youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall feebly stumble and fall exhausted. And then this is the key moment for this month for us. It says, but those who wait on the Lord, who expect, who look for and hope in Him, shall change and renew their strength and power, and they shall lift up their wings and mount up close to God as eagles, mount up to the sun. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint or become tired. How good is that scripture? How good is that in a time where it seems like everyone's tired? <laughs> seems like, how are you doing? I'm good, but I'm, I'm tired. I'm busy. I'm tired. We all, we're all tired in some sense. We're all tired, whether we're tired in our soul, or we're mentally tired, or we're physically tired. But when I read this scripture, it reminds me, I've heard it a million times, but I hope it reminds us this month, that we get our strength, that we only get our strength from relying and waiting upon God. It's from Him that we get our strength. We don't, we don't get it from any other source. And, and so I hope that this month, we can learn what it means to wait on God, to let Him recalibrate us. And this morning, I'm kicking off the series over the next couple of weeks. We're delving in deep to different aspects of what it is to wait. But this morning, I just want to kind of give two, uh, answer two questions. What is waiting on God? And how, or what are some ways that we can wait on God well? Does that sound good? Sound good this morning? Are we awake? Is everyone good? Romans tells us that we're not to be conformed to the pattern of this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. The goal of waiting on God is to be transformed. Waiting on His Word, waiting on His presence, waiting on Him is what transforms our life. I love this quote by Frederick, Frederick Buechner, Buechner, the best gift you can give the world is your transformed self. Not your activity, not your busyness, not your, the self that you constructed that you hope everyone likes and that you put out on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, but the transformed self, the inner man, the, the part inside you that's been transformed. And so I want to answer those questions this morning. What is it to wait on God and what are some ways that we can wait on God well? So let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for this morning. I thank you that we can come and be together and just wait on you in worship, wait on you and receive the word, God, and just be in community with one another. And I pray this morning, Lord, that you would bless us. I pray that we would, uh, you would help us identify areas in our life where we need to wait more, to wait on you, and to receive strength and power in your mighty name. Amen. Uh, who likes waiting here? No, Pastor Keith, you don't like waiting? I mean, some of us, I assume most people don't like waiting. Some of us might be uh, in the later stages of our life, and you've realized the power and the, and the, the, the usefulness of a good wait. You've, you've just embraced the wait. You know what I mean? I have not embraced the wait. I can't stand waiting. I mean, I just, 
I just like doing things. I think most of us don't like the point in between point A and point B. It just seems it's a, it's a, u- a useless point in time that I'm here and I want to get there and in between is in, is in the road. It's kind of, it's a blockage to my goal, right? And uh, recently, uh, our toaster died. I know, right? It lasted nine years. Nine years for my toaster to die. I mean, that's pretty... That's a pretty good life. I mean, that's good. It was on its last legs. You know, knobs were falling off. Only two parts of it were working. And, um, and I mean, I was proud of my toaster. I was proud of him. Nine years. I was, I was egging him on to see how, how long he could go, how far, if he could do the distance, you know. Come on, you can do it. And, uh, but it just got to the point where I felt like he was toasting way too long. I was like, I can't stand this. I'm like, look, I love you. You've served me well. You've, you've done a good job. You've given it a, your all. But you're toasting too long. It's just taken way too long to toast. I mean, it would pop after a few minutes, and I have to put it back down again. It's just taking too long. So I thought, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm going to have to get rid of you. I'm going to have to find a toaster that's going to toast fast. And I got excited about buying new appliances. I mean, who loves buying new appliances? I got excited, and I... Uh, and I, and I, I needed to, it was, a, it was big shoes to fill. This guy had served me well. And uh, no, I went to the shops and I went looking for my toaster. And uh, the shop attendant helped me look for my toaster. I, I don't know why I need a shop attendant to help me look for my toaster. Toasters are toasters. And, uh, but it felt good. You know, he helped me make a decision. It wasn't a smart toaster. I assumed that uh, if you need a smart toaster, it says a lot about you and um, that, that, you know, toasters are pretty simple. And um, so I, I got a good one. I got a workhorse, stainless steel, Breville, trusted brand. Uh, they go to distance. Breville's good, yep. And, um, and I was excited to get it home. And the main reason I was excited, because I wanted to see how quick this guy would toast. I'm like, yeah, come on, buddy. Like, we got, he's fresh, fresh legs. This toaster's got fresh legs. And uh, so I was excited, plugged it in, got it ready, polished him up, all stainless steel. You can do it. Toasted the normal amount, absolute normal amount. I was frustrated. I can't believe that it didn't toast quicker than the other toaster. And I was frustrated I had to wait. And I think it's similar to all of us, whether it's a toaster or a microwave or uh, just lining up at the shops or those moments when you go to head through Macca's drive through and you're excited that you're going to buzz through there quickly, get some hot chips, get your dollar large fries just on the way home so it tides you over so you're not hangry before you go see the kids. Uh, but then your whole cover's blown when you realize there's about 15 cars in the, in the drive-through and you have to explain why you're 20 minutes home late and uh, you couldn't just sneak one through. But we don't like to wait. Waiting grates against our flesh, our soul, against our, our normal way of doing life. We hate waiting. But it seems to me that God loves having us wait. It's evident to me in Scripture that He loves a good wait. It's like I think Pastor Phil says it. It says, God takes a long time to act suddenly. You know what I mean? Like, it just takes a long time, and then boom, it happens. But, I mean, the disciples, Jesus said, don't worry, I'll be back. I'm coming back. They're waiting a long time. I mean, they, they're just waiting for their whole life. I mean, Jesus hasn't come back, if you didn't realize, and... They had to wait. And uh, so what is waiting? What is this waiting? Why is it important? And I, I've kind of observed the fact that there are two kinds of waiting in Scripture and just in life. There's waiting on God. And there's waiting 
with God, right? Waiting on God and waiting with God. And so I just want to pack these two this morning. Waiting on God is, is like the daily practice and pursuit of His presence. You've got to understand that scripture that says those who wait on the Lord is not kind of this, um, you know, we pray to prayer and we're just kind of walking around. Come on, God, where's my coffee or whatever it is you prayed for? I don't know if you prayed for a coffee. But it's not, it's not just waiting. It's not inactivity kind of waiting. Scripture in other uh, versions, it talks about it's, a, it's an active hope or expectation on what God is going to do. It's an active wait. Waiting is hope intention. It's in limbo with a hopeful expectation of what's to come. It's not passive or inactive. It's an active pursuit of what God has in store for us. And this, wait, this waiting on God is our everyday kind of wait. It's our wait in the morning where we wait with God for His presence, in His presence, on His Word to be refilled and to be refreshed and to get the right perspective on our day or on the day before or on the days to come. It's the moment. It's our habitual wait that we wait on God. It's our, it's our predisposition, our requirement to feel refreshed and filled up with God. It's our daily habit of waiting on God. And we wait for His presence. It's not that it's not there, it's that we kind of have to position ourselves. It's waiting on God is repositioning ourselves in Him. It's more for us than for Him. It's not like God saying, hey, wait five minutes and then I'll come. Or, or wait half an hour and then I'm going to come. It's more that we need to wait to refocus our attention and our life and our heart and our stresses and everything and focus back to God so we can focus our heart and our life and our mind on Him. And then we realize His presence is already here. It's not that it comes or that we come into a realization that His presence is here. So waiting on God is this daily practice. And you know, it's interesting to me. So we know that waiting on God, waiting in this way, is the only way we can satisfy and fulfill our soul. And we live in a moment in culture, right, where mindfulness is important. You know, this mindfulness culture, making sure that you're stress-free and your house is decluttered, all this kind of stuff. I love it. I'm all for it. It's great. And uh, organic drinks and all this kind of stuff, this mindfulness movement that seeks to help us, essentially the core of it is that in hopes if I do all these things, I will find happiness and content, a content life. If I have all my ducks in a row, if I do my yoga on Tuesdays, if I'm fit and healthy, which are all good things, I love them. I'm not saying they're bad. But if, they, if they're things in our life in which we hope that we'll find contentment and rest and satisfaction for our soul, we're going to be sorely disappointed because it's only in waiting on Him that we find satisfaction and rest in our soul. You know, I wonder, in our culture, I wonder if the idols are not temples and statues, but busyness, the pursuit of more, in the hope of happiness could be our idol. That the busier we are, the more significant we are, and the more money we'll have, and the more things we can buy, the more holidays we can go on, all with the hope that it will make me happy and content. 
But this is all an illusion. These can be idols if they replace God. That the fulfillment of these, <laughs> the fulfillment of these goals are ultimately the demise of our hope in these things. Because when we arrive, we realize in the end that they did not bring us that joy and that happiness. And it's when we wait on God that we realize these other things don't have us. It's the daily pursuit of His presence when, when we're tempted to be busy or vie for status and significance in all kinds of other things where we're trying to find our identity. It's in the wait with Him, our daily pursuit, that we recalibrate our heart and our soul and our mind back to Him. It's waiting on God. But waiting with God is a different kind of wait. The waiting on God is our daily, everyday thing. And God is faithful, and He will refresh us, and He will provide us with strength for the journey. But the waiting with God is a different kind of wait. It's the kind of wait that Abraham had when he was waiting for his son. It's the kind of wait that David had from when he was anointed king between being anointed and being appointed. It's the in-between kind of wait. And that's the kind of wait we really don't like. That's the wait that really annoys us is that in-between wait. But it seems like God has an awesome plan for that wait. And that is waiting with God. I love the scriptures in James, uh, James 1, 4 in the NIV. It says, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. That is God's plan. It also says in the Amplified Version, but let endurance and steadfastness and patience have full play and do a thorough work so that you may be people perfectly and fully developed with no defects, lacking nothing. That's, that's kind of God. He shows his hand and he says, hey, these in-between moments of waiting, they have a purpose. Don't despise them. Don't despise the journey because in it, I'm going to produce something in you. I'm going to grow something in you. I'm going to mature you in the wait. So don't despise the wait. But instead, enjoy the wait as much as you can, like, let's be honest, with God. It's not that God is standing from the outside looking down going, come on, you've got to wait. No, God is with us in that journey because essentially the wait is an invitation to relationship with Him. He uses the wait to draw us back to His heart, back to His presence. I love this in Romans, Pastor Keith, you like this. Romans, it's Romans. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. As we boast in the hope of the glory of God, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. What? In the wait. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. How good is that? This kind of wait, waiting with God is like an endurance race. It's an endurance race in which God is going to strengthen us in that wait. And over the next couple of weeks, we're going to delve deeper into what this kind of waiting produces and what this kind of waiting means. Um, but this morning, I want to give us some practical points on how to wait well. Is that cool? Who loves practical points? I love practical points. 
practical points are good. Some practicalities on how to wait well. So how to begin this journey, if you're not that good of waiting, like me, how in our life can we wait well with God? I've got a few things. There's probably heaps of different things. Uh, But firstly, that's the first point up here. That's the one I did. Eliminate the noise. So I kind of think the hardest part, and I'm talking about waiting on God in this moment, the hardest part of finding the moment to wait on God in our life is not the fact that we, the waiting isn't the hard part. It's the getting to the waiting is the hard part. Do you know what I mean? It's like when we want to exercise, the exercise isn't that hard for some of us. I mean, everyone's on a different part of the journey with that. But it's getting at the door or putting on the exercise clothes or getting in the car to go to the gym that's the hard part. That's the hardest part is the tension. And uh, in uh, The Power of Habit, Charles Dewey calls this um, the resistance when it comes to habits in our life, the resistance in our mind to doing habitual things. He calls it the resistance. And it's almost like we have to push through the resistance to get to the moment of waiting in our, li- waiting in our lives. And so one of the things I think we should do is ruthlessly eliminate noise in our soul. Let's be honest, if the main thing is the main thing, which is God in our life, if we're stressed out, burnt out, dead on the inside, it's probably because we're not spending time with God. And we need to ruthlessly eliminate the noise in our soul. And in our culture, most of the time, that's entertainment. It's like TV shows, it's all kinds of things. We need to Ruthlessly eliminate these things that clears up the noise on the inside of us so that we can find it easier, so we can push through the resistance to get in that moment with God, so we can hear Him throughout the day. I wonder if we can't hear God because of the noise sometimes that we just kind of consume all the time. We need to ruthlessly eliminate the noise. This might look different for everyone. It might be games, it might be TV shows, it might be just talking to your friend on the phone too much. It might be texting, it might be Instagram. I don't know what it might be, but we need to ruthlessly eliminate it. And at the start of this year, I tried to, I I went on this journey to do this. I decided I'm not going to watch TV for a month. So I'm not going to watch TV because when I come home, I realized I had this predisposition to go, you know what? I'm tired. I'm worn out. I need to chill in front of the TV. And I realized this, this was noise in my life. This was stopping me from getting, going to God rather than, you know, this physical thing, which is going to, like, help me rest. No one ever said, oh, late night binge on TV made me feel good the next day. My soul's good from watching that show. I mean, I love movies and stuff. I'm not saying that they're bad, but I'm just saying, hey, let's eliminate the noise in our world. Let's sit down, journal, and go, what are the things that are distracting me? Because we have to be honest, there is an enemy, and he wants us distracted, and he doesn't want us to enter into the fullness that God has for our life and, and, and into relationship with him, and we just need to write them down. Yeah, this is distracting me way too much, and I need to set new habits to cancel these things out. That's what we need to do. Is that good? Eliminate the noise. Number two, speed bumps. You're like, what is that? We live in a fast-paced world. We live in a world that is breakneck speed, busy, 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 achieve, achieve, get successful, do everything you can to be successful. And it seems as though solitude is slipping away and there's not any moments in our life where we have just freedom in our mind or just we just get to slow down. Essentially, the Sabbath is a speed bump that we can put in our life. 
We need to put constraints in our world that help us slow down so we can wait on God, so we can be in the present moment with God. Those speed bumps might look like different things to you, but for me, I've realized that I go to bed really late. I just go to bed late and I get up early and I get really tired and grumpy and irritable and I stress out and the part of my brain that needs to rest from a long night's sleep that is the control center of my emotions doesn't function when I don't get enough sleep. So I've realized, you know what? I need to go to bed early. I need to put some roadblocks in. I need to just decide on habits that are like, turn off all devices at 9 o'clock. You know, get to bed by 9.30. Read a book rather than the norm, which is just do whatever until 11 o'clock, 11.30, 12 o'clock. Put some speed bumps in your life to slow your life down, to slow your soul down so that you can actually be in the present moment with God and rest and wait on Him. Is that good? It might be, it might be for you that you just need to stop hanging out with so many people. You just need to have more space with yourself at home to wait on God. It might mean that you need to stop pursuing some position at work by being there all hours of the day, 12 hours a day, ignoring your family to get that position. It might mean, don't worry about it, trust God, come home on time. Oh, chucking it past the keys. Speed bumps. What do you need to include in your life that slows you down? Because when we're in the present moment, in the everyday with God, like just going about our work, God wants to be with you. You can wait on God while you're working. It, all, it, all it entails is including God into that moment. Hey, God, what do you think I should do here? That's a crazy idea. But then God's going to give you ideas. God's going to help you with your work. God wants to be part of every part of your life. And if we slow down, we can let him. If we slow down, we can see the people that God wants us to talk to. We can see them at the shopping centers. Oh, I see that guy so much. It's not, a, it's, not a, it's not a just a happenstance. That's God prompting me to talk to this guy. We need to slow down so we can be effective in our relationship with God and people around us. Speed bumps. And then thirdly, just another one, and I thought Jared would like this because he's a resident uh, fit guy. Jared, he loves to work out. We need to get in the weight room. It's a pun. Excuse my pun. But we need to just practice waiting. I mean, if you're like me, if there's any amount of silence, I need to fill the silence. You know what I mean? I need to fill it and cram it with something because I don't like the silence. I don't like hearing my own thoughts. And I wonder if we just need to get in the weight room or we just need to practice this habit and get ourselves used to waiting, get ourselves used to silence, driving around in the car with no radio on, listening to your own thoughts, and then maybe, just maybe, God, you're going to hear the voice of God. He's going to start to speak to you or prompt some things in your world, and you're going to hear His voice. But if we don't practice because we live in this world where we're so distracted when we need the distractions, there's almost an addiction with the chemicals in our brains, with our phone, you know, the flinch on your phone, you're standing in line and you, you don't know what to do in line, so you pull your phone out and there's that kind of automatic flinch, or in the lift or in the elevator or even walking through the shops. Remember when you just used to walk from point A to point B and you had nothing to do? 
You can be on your phone now and you can do these. I'm one of those guys. I'm like, I see people giving me the look. I'm like, I know, but I can't help it. We need to get into a place where we practice waiting. I was talking to someone the other day and I'm like, isn't it amazing? Like our grandparents didn't have like smartphones. And so when they wanted to have a coffee with someone, it was like, ring, ring, you know, sit at the telephone table. Um, yeah, let's meet up for coffee, and Thursday, 9 o'clock, I'll see you there. And then there's nothing till that moment. There's nothing to, yeah, here's some claps. You had to trust that person's going to be there. You had to be on time. You couldn't text someone, going to be 10 minutes late. Or you couldn't text someone, so sorry, bro, I've got to bail, I forgot about this thing, or the night before, can we change it? No, none of that. Your word was your word. Your yes was yes. You had to be there, and that's why, uh, our grandparents are so good at being early because you had to be early and you had to be there and you had to wait for the other person and trust that they're going to show up. I think we need to practice some of that in our life. Just get, some, just get some waiting muscles that we get used to waiting. Just practice it when you're in line, don't reach for your phone. When you're in the elevator, don't reach for your phone. When you're in the car, turn off the radio. Practice waiting. I'm telling you, it's going to be so good for when you wake up in the morning and you want to wait on God, you're going to have a strong waiting muscle and you're going to be there and you're going to be like, you know what? Wow, I'm free of distraction because I've I've practiced waiting. I can get into this moment quicker and easier. So let's eliminate, ruthlessly eliminate the noise, put some speed bumps in our life and get in the wait room. And we're going to, we're going to, delve into all kinds of areas of this over the months. But my prayer, my prayer is that we'd just grasp this idea of the importance of finding and carving out spaces in our life to hear from God, to wait on God, to receive from Him, to be in His Word, because there's so much vying for our attention and for our, our, our identity in our soul, that we can't afford to trust in anything else except for Him and Him alone. And this morning, really, it's an invitation. The wait is an invitation into a greater relationship with Him. Sometimes we wonder, how do I know God more? Just come and be with Him. Wait on Him and He'll show you. He'll speak to you. He'll refresh your soul. Because it's the only way to live a peaceful, meaningful, fulfilled, content life is with Him. He is our home. He is our refuge. He is our strength. He is our strong tower. He is our shield. He is our provider. He is our sure reward. Our home is found in Him. This is a temporal place. This is a temporal body. Our home is found in Him because everything will pass away. But we with Him is all that remains. This is the main thing. So my prayer is that you'd grasp the importance of waiting on God. He's the author of life, the creator of the universe. And it still, it still confounds me the fact that He decided to leave heaven the Father and the Holy Spirit to become flesh, to dwell among His own creation. 
in order that He would be the perfect sacrifice for our sin, for our wrongdoing that separated us from Him. He said, you know, I'm going to come down. It says that He was the Lamb slain before the foundation of the earth. And He came down and dwelt with us so He could pay the ultimate price to reconcile us back to Him. Scripture says that because of that, we can come boldly into the throne room of God. We can wake up in the morning and we can come boldly into the presence of God because He's paid it all for us. It's a free invitation. And this morning, I just want us all to stand because I just want us to just to have a moment to respond to God. And what Jesus did on the cross when He paid for our sin as a perfect sacrifice in our place so we didn't have to go to the cross. He finished it all, past, present, and future. And on the third day, He, he rose again to signify His victory over death. Colossians said He made a public spectacle of the enemy on the cross. And uh, it's a free gift. And I wonder if there's anyone here this morning that has never received that free gift, that has never said yes to Jesus, yes to what He did for us, and that we want to, that you'd want to follow Him this morning. And I just want to create a moment with every eye closed and every head bowed. If you've never made that decision to enter in to relationship with Christ, the only one who can fulfill us with rivers of everlasting water so we'd never thirst again. If that's you this morning, if you just want to say, yeah, that's me. Don't let this moment go by you. Don't let this moment pass. If that's you this morning, I just want you to raise your hand and say, yeah, that's me. And I'd just love to pray for you. Is there anyone here this morning that wants to receive that free gift? You know, the truth is that in the waiting moment, we need to remember. We need to continually remember what He has done for us. So Lord, just in this moment, let's just put out our hands. Lord, I just I thank You for Your presence. Lord, I pray that we, over the next month, but for the rest of our lives, it show us, teach us, help us how to wait on you for strength, how to wait on you for hope, how to wait on you, Father God, how to wait with you through life, that we don't do it by ourselves or by our own strength, but it's with you, Lord. So where every person is at and whatever they're going through right now, Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would just comfort them, speak to them right now, that we would receive your finished work on the cross. And that in the waiting, we would behold you and behold who you say we are. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In your mighty name, amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory Podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. 
To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.